Hello, and welcome back to the Tommy Divine Podcast. It is November 5th. It is a Friday. I'm recording this a little bit after the Indianapolis Colts victory against the New York Jets on Thursday Night Football. So congratulations to them for getting to 4-5. and five. Uh, But we digress here, and we're going to talk about some of Week 8 going into Week 9 and uh, what we saw from last week and picks and lot spreads and from lines from this week. So, without further ado, this week was the week of the backup quarterback if you're talking week eight. Let's talk about some of these storylines. Bengals lose to the Jets uh, at home. Uh, it was Yeah, no, sorry, it was at the Meadowlands. Uh, look, here's the deal with this. Mike White looked really good <clears throat> uh, on Sunday. Got injured uh, against the Colts on Thursday night with a wrist. But he looked really good in what we've seen. I know he's had four interceptions. That's a lot of turnovers. But for only starting a few games, he's really been playing well. Um, obviously, he got injured tonight. So that kind of tampered probably the team's spirit a little bit. But, um, you know, he looked really good on Sunday against the Bengals. He's able to make a lot of good throws. Elijah Mitchell's really coming in on that offense. I know now that they're with the loss, they're 2-6. and six, But they do have a conversation, I believe, when you're talking about either Zach Wilson or Mike White. You know, is Zach Wilson still your guy? Maybe you can get trade value out of Mike White. Who do you keep? Who do you start? Who do you play? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. But, uh, you know, this guy's winning games. And I think if Mike White were healthy for the rest of that Colts game, he got early uh, injured pretty early on. So, you know, I think if he were able to stay in that game, it might be a little bit different of a ball game. And Josh Johnson comes in. Uh, so he's, he's, what, third-string quarterback now? So I don't know how serious that injury is for Mike White, but... A lot of injuries going on for the quarterback room uh, for the New York Jets. But uh, right now, I hope Mike White gets better. hope Zach Wilson gets better. We'll see uh, how that uh, duels itself out here in the coming weeks of the season. Uh, but speaking of other backup quarterbacks, Saints uh, beating Tampa Bay last week. Uh, Tampa coming off a, a bruising of the Chicago Bears. Thought they'd come in to New Orleans, maybe uh, take, a, take a little bit of a jump into the division a little bit and this is kind of like uh, it reminds me of what Tom Brady had in New England against Miami. There was always that one team that Tom always kind of had problems with, and that was Miami at Miami. I think this is his version of that. Uh, of course, this time it's the New Orleans Saints, and at New Orleans is just a house of horrors for him, uh, considering he did win a Super Bowl there. But uh, the thing is, with this team, without Jameis, I'm wondering now that he is injured. And Trevor Simeon comes in. I know maybe Taysom Hill will kind of take the load off a little bit whenever he gets back from injury. Uh, but, you know, is Trevor Simeon the guy now? Can Trevor Simeon replace Jameis's production? I, I don't think so. Can he be a good game manager, though? I know Michael Thomas is out for the year. So, really, for him, uh, it's all about keeping uh, what's in front of him, uh, focusing, and, and being able to hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara. That's really the main key for him in the offense. But look, uh, when Jameis comes back, they do have some uh, decent weapons. I don't, I'm not sure about the timeline of Jameis. Um, I forgot about that. But you know, if he does come back this season, obviously the Saints could have a chance to grab that seven seed, which we talked about last week a lot. You know, a lot of open spots still to be filled uh, in the AFC playoff picture, but mainly that seven seed. So, you know, we'll see if the Saints can can make a run here. Of course, beating Tampa. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it's actually a big win, but was it worth losing your quarterback? So, 
you know, but uh, that, that that was kind of an interesting game in the NFC South uh, for the for those teams. But now we take a look at the AFC South, which uh, the Tennessee Titans are leading now. Win against the Colts on Sunday. Uh, they are now leading the division. <coughs> look, I'm not going to sit here and say I like the Titans. I don't. But there is one big problem that Tennessee has now, and, and I do feel bad for this guy because he is a beast of a running back. But Derrick Henry is out for the rest of the season. He's on IR. Listen, I know he could come back for the playoffs if Tennessee can make a run. He's probably not going to come back. Let's just be honest. He's not going to be back, I would assume. I mean, maybe he can be back in a few weeks. Most likely not. Um, I've been hearing different reports, but mainly he's going to be out for the rest of the season. So without him now, he is the catalyst of that offense. Without him, you do not have a play-action passing game. You just now have Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. So the thing is with this now, they did sign Adrian Peterson, who I think, and I know he is very old, he is an older back. Adrian Peterson, I don't think, obviously, can have the workload that Derrick Henry has been having. That's off the table, obviously. But I think he still can be a productive back in this offense. He can still make big runs, make big plays, and he doesn't have to carry the team on his shoulders. The thing now with the offense is they have to rely more on the passing game. And Tannehill has to take a little bit more on his shoulders. So, can they do that? Can Tannehill uh, transfer more responsibility onto him? We'll see. I don't think so, but we'll see how that'll work without Derrick Henry, their huge Cadillac back in the backfield. We'll just see how that works. But I will be interested to see how the Tennessee offense uh, hums. Uh, another big story of the weekend, Kansas City. Can they win on Monday night? Very close game. Kansas City gets the win. They are now 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They now go into a Packers game this week on Sunday, which was supposed to be the big marquee State Farm, Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes uh, duel. Well, guess what? Aaron Rodgers has COVID, apparently. Apparently, he told people uh, at the beginning of the summer he was immunized. He was fine. He now has COVID, and he <laughs> it was never vaccinated. Now, it all started basically when Devontae said last week he got COVID and then some other players on the team had COVID. They had to isolate. Now Aaron does. Listen, everybody in their mother, okay? You got Stephen A., you got the whole worldwide leader up there in Bristol talking about how, ooh, you should suspend Aaron for lying. You should suspend him for this, suspend him for that. Okay. <sighs> all right. So here's the thing, all right? I am not taking a stance on this show one way or the other. That's not happening. I will say this, though. You have quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz who openly will not get the vaccine, and you're not punishing them. So if you're not punishing them actively, why would you go and, and punish Rodgers? So what? He made a choice. That's fine. That's his choice. Do I agree with that choice? No, I don't agree with it personally, but that's that's not my call. If he doesn't want to get the shot, suffer the consequences, which there aren't any. There aren't any consequences. So I don't understand this whole backlash from 
Everybody, oh, suspend Rodgers. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. You've got players all over the NFL, not vaccinated, okay? And it, so why does it matter? Why would you punish a guy when other guys in the league are doing the same thing he's doing? That does not make sense to me. So I don't understand that. Um, I st- obviously, he should be isolated. He should be staying away from the team, all that stuff, following protocol. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not vaccinated, you're not vaccinated. So whether or not you're doing the right thing or not, you're still not vaccinated. So we're going to put Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins in this hole over here and say, hey, you're not vaccinated. That's fine. Oh, okay, Aaron Rodgers, you're not vaccinated either. Let's suspend you. Like, that just doesn't even make any sense to me. And uh, maybe there's something I'm missing. Maybe there's a key in the puzzle that I'm not, or the piece of the puzzle I'm not putting together. I don't know. But from from just standing outside in a different perspective of this, to me, it just doesn't make sense to persecute a guy who's doing stuff that other players are doing. And he's getting more uh, more picked on and more persecuted for something that you know he probably believes in, whatever. And these other guys on the side, no one cares about, no one talks about them. Wentz, Cousins, but with Aaron Rodgers, oh, we got to suspend him, we got to do this because he lied. I don't know. Uh, to me, do the protocol, be done. I mean, if I could have it, I'd have everyone get the shot. But I'm not running the world. I'm not running the NFL. I'm not Roger Goodell. You know, everybody's comparing this to the Kyrie situation in the NBA. You know, and I don't even have an opinion on that because the NBA to me, yeah, you know. Is the NBA and Adam Silver, are they trying to do the best they can with all that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely they are. And they're handling it real well. I don't know exactly how the NFL's handling it very well, but uh, they're handling it. That's all I can say. They're handling it their way in a certain way. So... You know, we kind of just have to sit back and take 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 what we get. And, you know, uh, Rogers at this point is not immunized. He's not vaccinated. So, you know, we'll see. He's got to be away from the team for 10 days. That is going to absolutely hurt the squad on Sunday. We'll get that uh, into the picks here in a little while. But back to Kansas City, uh, everybody was frightened about them. Uh, frightened, if you will. Uh, this team is still just kind of out of sorts. You're thinking, you know, can this team put something together? I know they have Melvin, Melvin Ingram signed at the deadline. You know, maybe they make a few, maybe make a few more moves. Who knows? Uh, yeah, this team is still going to struggle. They have a lot of tough games coming up. Uh, the Packers game now seems to be a winnable game, though, for them. Uh, they now place Jordan Love, who is the heir apparent up there in Lambeau. So we'll see how he can do being thrown into the fire and, and sort of a quick week for him. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. It'll be very, very, in a very interesting game. But I will tell you this. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Kansas City needs to win this. I mean, they need to win the Giants game on Sunday. They need to win this game. Uh, and they must win for them, at least from here on, because, you know, four and four in the AFC can't afford to lay, <clears throat> lay too much left, uh, to the side because they, they need to start, uh, if they, they want to even make the playoffs, get back in the, the swing of things. They got to figure some stuff out. Uh, but 
figuring stuff out trade deadline wise uh, was on Tuesday. It ended at four o'clock. <coughs> Excuse me. Deshaun Watson uh, will be a Texan. He will continue to stay there. He probably will not get traded until the off season. Um, Dolphins want to get everything with his situation figured out before they want to sign him uh, or even trade for him. So that that is where we stand now with the whole Watson situation. Um, but yeah, so not a lot of super, super high activity on trade deadline day. Um, but you know, uh, we move on from that. We look on to week nine and uh, week eight was a good week. Kind of some bad matchups. Different, definitely some fun wins. Uh, obviously, just winning we talked about already. But, you know, we look towards week nine now. Colts winning tonight. Uh, I didn't make a pick on that because, yeah, I just, I was kind of still a little, a little upset about Sunday against the Titans. So, had to, had to progress here. But we now look on to week nine of the National Football League. We're halfway through the season, people. Blowing by real fast. Before you know it, we'll get to Thanksgiving. And as John Madden says, Thanksgiving and on is when you want to play your best football. But here we are, week nine. A lot of teams still kind of clotted around, as I like to say here in this AFC playoff picture. But, you know, let's do some playoff picture updates right now for you. Starting the NFC, obviously Green Bay with their win last week against Arizona. Huge win on Thursday night. Both teams are now 7-1. Green Bay is now the number one uh, seed if the playoffs were to end today uh, in the NFC. Arizona would be number two. Dallas would be third at 6-1. Tampa would be fourth at 6-2. The Rams would be 7-1. They'd be in the fifth spot. New Orleans in the sixth at 5-2. And and then Carolina with a 4-4 record if the playoffs ended today would be in the playoffs. Wow, you, you gotta you gotta be wondering. I mean, this team, such a roller coaster of a team in Carolina. They'd somehow, if the playoffs were to end today, be able to slip into that seven seed. And that's really the the key to, to both these team, both these conferences here is who's gonna get some of these lower seeds, and especially in the NFC where it's so clotted in that that seventh spot. Um, yeah, I mean. Carolina's at four and four right now. This could be a revolving door of teams. Minnesota three and four. San Francisco three and four. Atlanta three and four. Philly three and five. Seattle three and five. With Russell Wilson coming back here, I don't think too much longer he'll be out. So we'll see. Chicago at three and five. Um, you know, so, so there's some teams still still in it here. I think you know. At this point, we can cross off Detroit and the Giants and Washington. I think those teams are done. Uh, but pretty much from Chicago up, it's still it's still a crapshoot here. So, uh, and, and then you take a look at the AFC. So right now, Tennessee is 6-2 and two after an 0-2 start. Uh, they won this weekend on a field goal against the Colts. Uh, it's going to be a, a Herculean task come back and win that division, especially if Tennessee getting the two-game lead. Um, they just lost Derrick Henry, like we said, so that that's going to be tough for them. And I don't even know. I want to look at their schedule. They get the Rams this week, then the Saints, so that could potentially be two losses. Then they got the Texans. They'll probably win that, which Tyrod comes back this week, so 
We'll see if with Tyrod, maybe they're a different team. I don't know. Um, he, he brings a little spark to that offense that Mills probably probably didn't bring to them. Then they got the Patriots, then the Jacks, Steelers, Niners, Dolphins, and Texans again. So that's really a favorable schedule. I mean, you get the Texans twice, you get the Jags, and you get the Dolphins. So... They, they're probably going to end up winning the division, but, uh, I mean, they have six wins right now. I think Texans makes it seven. Yeah, I think you get two wins against the Texans, so that's eight. One, uh, one against the Jags, so that's nine. And then Dolphins would be ten, so I think it's probably at least a ten and six team. Uh, so, yeah, ten and seven, ten and six. But, uh, yeah. I think that's that's a tough tough little tough little schedule. We still got the Steelers, the Niners, Patriots, Saints, and Rams on the schedule left. So Titans still have some work to do. But uh, you look at the the Raiders though in the second seed, right now five and two. They look to be pretty legit. Um, unfortunately, their situation another a situation which you know it doesn't it just seems like it doesn't end for the Raiders. I mean, week after week after week, it's some other unfortunate. It's a series of unfortunate events there in in Vegas, and uh, it's it's sad to see because you know John Gruden with the whole uh, racial emails that was way out of line got fired for that. And then of course this week comes out Henry Ruggs was going 158 miles per hour in his vehicle and and killed somebody. So uh, prayers out to his family. Prayers out to Henry Ruggs. Prayers out to the victims uh, in that crash and their families. Pretty much everybody involved I want to send prayers out to because, um, you know, it, it's tough here for me in Indiana to just sit here and say this, but I'm going to. Everybody makes mistakes, and I know this is such a cliched, everybody makes mistakes type of thing, but I really do think that... I, I don't, you know, Henry Ruggs, I think, will be in, in prison for a long time. And after he is out of prison, if he ever gets out of prison, I hope, obviously, football may not be on the table for him anymore. Um, but, but I do hope he's able to learn from this and move on uh, and, and make something of himself after life after football, life after prison. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he deserves to, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a judge. You know, I can't judge people. So I just hope uh, for the best for them. Obviously, I want justice to be served. I'm not saying that he should go unpunished, obviously. I'm not saying that. Um, I, I am saying that, you know, forgiveness and compassion, I think, is a lot that we need in life. And I think, uh, <clears throat> sorry, Derek Carr said it so well. If you go and look at his interview about it, he talks about how Henry Ruggs needs a lot of love right now. And, you know, you got to look at it as, what if that was your son? or your brother, or your uncle, you know, 
what wh- what if you were related to Henry Ruggs? What if that was you, or what if that was someone you know? You know, so um, did he make a bad decision? Obviously, is he gonna pay for it? Yes, he is. So, you know, uh, things happen for a reason. I know that also sounds cliche, but you know, um, sometimes we receive things in life that we have to take and those could be good things and those could be bad things and you know everything happens for a reason so whether they are bad things or good things we we have to take those things learn from them no matter how bad they are no matter how good they are and you know, this is his journey. This is his path. And I hope he can learn from this. I hope the family that uh, had the death uh, that, that he caused, I hope they can learn to forgive him over time. It's not going to be a day and night type of thing. He will learn what he did wrong. He will uh, know... I hope he knows and receives forgiveness at some point. And I hope the family who's uh, the, the victim's family can, can also learn to forgive him at some point. Um, but it's just such an unfortunate situation uh, for Henry Ruggs because he was such a great talent um, in the league and he's such a speedster. And he was so fun to watch. And uh, for, for him to do this, and things to happen, and really for the Raiders organization for this stuff to happen. and You know, but it's, it comes to a point where it's more than just about football and about the Raiders. It's about a person, you know? Henry Ruggs isn't just some star wide receiver. He's a human being. We have to treat these things on a human level. We can't, you know... Just look at it like, oh, he's just some star football player, whatever, you know. This is this is a a man <clears throat> who made a mistake. A very fatal one at that. And eventually he will uh learn his mistakes. And he will do what he needs to do, uh, and do what is necessary when the time permits. Um but you know what? <clears throat> As Derek Carr said. You just need to show him love right now. It's all you can do. And uh, I agree with him. And I'm not going to be harsh on the kid. Um, obviously, it, it was a bad thing he did. Everybody else is already, you know, putting heat on him. I, I, and I understand why. Obviously, I understand why. So, it, it doesn't really help if I just add more heap, heap more onto him and say, Oh, you drunk drove. You're such a terrible person. Does that help? No. Does that does that bring the victim for that family? Does that bring the victim back? No. So I'm not saying to forget it. I'm not saying to move on right now. But I am saying eventually, you know, um, forgiving, uh, being compassionate for for someone. Um, that's kind of the the mode I want to take on this and. Um, you know, I know that's kind of a controversial thing, uh, at this point in time in our country, 
a lot of things going on, but that, that's my thoughts on the whole Henry Rux thing. But yeah, I just I, really prayers though, just out to everyone in that situation, and and I hope uh, over the course of time things can be hashed out and things can be discussed in a civil manner, and and um, you know only time really will will heal that. But for now, uh, he's he's got to do what he can and uh, does what he needs to do and suffer the consequences of his mistake. So. Uh, but yeah, so that, that is, that's very sad. And I, I would like to turn to a more, uh, happier topic, really. Um, yeah, let's, let's go back to the playoff picture. I'm sorry. I kind of, <laughs> kind of swerved there for a minute, but, uh, let's bring it back on, back on the road here, kind of. Um, but, uh, back to the playoff picture. So, uh, the number three seed Baltimore uh, would be five and two. The three they would be the three seed at this point. Buffalo is five and two. They'd be the fourth seed. Cincinnati at five and three would be the f- fifth. Sorry, yeah, fifth. Pittsburgh at four and three would be the sixth, and then the Chargers would be, at four and three would be the seventh. Right behind them, you have four teams. You have the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Broncos that are all four and four. Indy is four and five. And then, of course, you got your Jets, Jacksonville, Houston, Miami. I don't really think any of those teams are going to make the playoffs, obviously. It's really, but Indy up, it's really, you got a whole cluster of four and three, four and four, four and five teams. So eventually, some of these teams will start to knock each other out. I know New England beat the Chargers the other day. Um, You know, so some of these teams will start to knock each other out. Kansas City plays. The Chargers, I think once or... I think they've already played once, right? So I think they play... Let me see. Okay, so they play... Yeah. They play once more. Okay, so Steelers play the Chargers. That'll be a knockout game. Um, Broncos play the Chargers, I believe, twice still. Yep, they still play twice. They play the Raiders again. So, yeah, I mean, they still... There's still a lot more left, obviously, in the season to go. Um, but yeah, still kind of clustered for the seventh seed. So kind of in both leagues right now, there's a cluster at that seventh spot. Um, but I think in the NFC, we can kind of say that Green Bay and Arizona are kind of the two best. I think I think Dallas is really good. I think a lot of people are, are, are down on Dallas. I don't know why. Um, played a good game against Minnesota the other night. But uh, I know Dak didn't play, and that was a big deal. Um, but yeah, I think Dak... Uh, if he plays this week and he's continuing to be healthy, Cooper Rush was okay. Um, he did well. He was able to win the game, made some nice throws. Um, you know, if he can fill in and be halfway decent, get Zeke, get the Zeke running game going a little bit better. I think I like their shot uh, at winning uh, on Sunday, but they play the Broncos on Sunday. So that's actually a pretty good game. I think uh, that, Oh, that's Fox. Never mind. I was, I, was, I was trying to figure out what the um, what the Tony Romo Jim Nance game will be on Sunday, and I'm thinking it'll be either Patriots Panthers or Browns Bengals. Maybe, maybe Chargers Eagles. Nah, probably not Chargers Eagles. Nah, I don't think Chargers Eagles. I bet you it'll be either Panthers Browns. Or, sorry, 
Browns Bengals or usually Broncos Cowboys is on CBS, so that's weird that's on Fox. But anyway, let's uh, let's jump into the slate here this week. Oh, the slate. I love it. Love the slate week nine. Uh, by the way, happy late Halloween to everybody. Halloween was on last week. Pretty good Halloween, but uh, now it's the week after. So do you play Christmas music? Do you not? That's a debate a lot of people like to have. Um, I'm in the camp. I do play Christmas music after Halloween. I just do it. I like Christmas music. Hot take. Anyway, let's move into the slate. We got the 1 o'clock games here. The Cleveland Browns going into Cincinnati to take on the Bungles. Now, for one week, I stopped calling them the Bungles, but then they lost to Mike White and the New York Jets, so back the Bengals become the Bungles yet again. So, Cincinnati is favored at home by two and a half against the Cleveland Browns. I don't know what the situation is with their running backs. I think Nick Chubb is back. They need to run it more with him. Uh, definitely. Baker still looks a little iffy with that with that shoulder injury. I don't know what he what's going on with him, but he's just off uh, kilter a little bit. Uh, they still got that back. Johnson is really good. I picked him in fantasy a few weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, I like Cleveland win this game by seven points. I'm sorry, excuse me, Cincinnati. I think they get a bounce-back week. I think Mike White, trap game. There was a lot of weird mojo going on in that one. I like Cincinnati uh, to beat Cleveland, but I think it's close. I think it's between, like, three or seven points. Actually, actually I'll go three. I'll go Cincinnati by three points. You know, they were at New York last week. Mike White has this historic game, you know. Oh, we're going to put Jersey. Is Jersey in Canton now? It's like, okay, all right, enough. Uh, Bengals win this game by three. I think it's close. I think Cleveland comes to play. But, uh, but the Bengals win. They pull it out. And they have a bounce back week. All right, the Denver Broncos heading to Jerry's World in Arlington to take on the Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by 10. I don't know if Dak will play. I do not know, and I've known uh, a lot of things, uh, but this I do not. And, you know, my cousin's uh, fiancé, actually, uh, he listens to the show a lot, and uh, I'm going to actually talk about him later towards the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. But uh, she calls me, and uh, his fiancé is like, oh, yeah, I, I put Dak Prescott out in my lineup, and... Uh, He's not starting on Sunday Night Football. I'm like, well, look, listen, that's how fantasy football rolls. It screws you over. You know what I'm saying? Like last Thursday, I found out Devontae Adams wasn't playing because of COVID. So I had to put him on the IR. And then I had to find Randall Cobb at the last minute. Things in fantasy happen for a reason. I don't know if Dak will play on Sunday, but here's the deal. The line is acting like he's going to play. So in that case... I will take Cowboys by 14 points over Denver. I know 10 Bridgewater is kind of fun at times to watch. They're kind of decent. I like their receivers. Patrick, I like Cortland Sutton. Melvin Gordon running the football. But I will say this. Denver makes it close early. But Dallas kind of towards the end makes it a 14-point game. I think Dallas wins by two touchdowns at home to make it to 7-1. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this is the Burn Your Cable Box Game of the Week 
put gasoline on your cable box and light it on fire. The Houston Texans travel to Miami to take on the Dolphins. One in seven teams here. One team will leave Miami with two wins, and I don't think it's going to be Miami. Give me the Tyrod Texans to win. Miami's favored by five and a half. Screw that line. That line is stupid. It's dumb. Vegas is tricking you. If Tyrod comes back, Tyrod, Brandon Cooks, all day, give me the Texans by three points. They win at least by a field goal. I do not think Miami wins this game. I think this is a trick. Stay away from this game. Do not bet this game. This is a horrible game. Uh, Only use it for fantasy. Listen, if Tyrod comes back, that team with Tyrod isn't actually a, a huge amount of waste as we thought it was. I think Tyrod's a better quarterback than obviously Davis Mills. So give me the Texans to win by three. I think it's very close. Three-point win over there at Hard Rock. Give me the Houston Texans. In the burner table box for the week. Yeah, that is just terrible. That is horrifyingly bad. But you know what isn't horrifyingly bad? The Atlanta Falcons, which for weeks I had in the burner cable box game of the week. And now they're three and four looking to get that seventh uh, playoff spot in the NFC. They're taking on... In New Orleans, the Saints with Trevor Simeon, who I believe used to play for the Broncos, former Northwestern quarterback. New Orleans is favored by six and a half. I think New Orleans wins by three. I think it's very close. I think Atlanta keeps it in the ballgame. I like Cordell Patterson uh, doing a lot of fun runs. He's a good receiver. Matt Ryan knows how to use him quite well. I hope Kyle Pitts can get into the action this week. I like his Saints, but only by three points. Very close. Simeon plays a a decent game, good game managing from him. They play this game. He plays well. I like the Saints to win by three. All right, this is the Raiders at the Giants. Uh, Vegas is favored by three out in the Meadowlands. Listen, I I like the Vegas Raiders. I like the way they've been running the football. They have the receivers. Darren Waller has been amazing. Foster Moreau stepped in quite well when Waller's been out. I like the Raiders to win this ballgame by seven points at the Giants. I know they've Danny Dimes has been playing halfway decent recently. I know they just beat the Panthers, lost close on Monday night to the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Listen, Raiders got to win this game. Uh, this could be a trap game for them. They got the Cowboys coming up in a few weeks. They have the Chiefs next week. That's a big Sunday night game. This could be a trap game for them. But I do like the Raiders to pull this game out by seven points. I like them by a touchdown. Derek Carr can have a nice day throwing the football. And also, you got to think about the Meadowlands in November. Could be a little bit more chillier for those Vegas folks. So be aware. Be aware. Could be a closer game than people realize. But I think the Raiders win by seven. All right, the Patriots at the Panthers. I think I saw a uh, stat or fact or something. We got a couple of. Uh, Super Bowl rematches, I believe. And this is one of them. The Patriots t- going to Carolina to take on Sam Darnold, who apparently could get the seventh seed now in the NFC uh, if the playoffs ended today. And uh, he's still seeing ghosts, I guess, is what I hear. I don't know. Uh, but uh, he will not be seeing ghosts of Tom Brady. I know that for sure. <laughs> because Mac Jones is now at the helm of that ship. New England coming to Carolina. Two four and four squads. New England is favored by three and a half. I like Carolina by one and a half. I think it should be a pick 'em. 
I don't think New England is as good as people say they are. And I think Carolina has found a way to win some games now. I know they lost to the Giants 25-3, to but they just won a game against the Falcons, which was very important. I think Sam Darnold kind of found a way to get back to winning a little bit after losing three straight. Listen, I like the Panthers here very close. I'll take them by three. The line should be one and a half, but I'll take the Panthers by a field goal. This will be a tough, gritty game, but at Carolina, I like I like New England to keep it close. But Carolina, Sam Darnold, uh, I know they don't have Christian McCaffrey, but I think they find a way. Chuba Hubbard uh, sneaks in there a few times. I like I like Carolina win by three. I like that team. All right, the Buffalo Bills against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The NFL has done a absolute bang up job with giving Buffalo the uh, look at this. Now look at this. They're giving them the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Jets three weeks in a row. Do you believe this? The NFL is trying to fix that the uh, Buffalo Bills have a really great record coming in. Look, they have the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a pathetic mess. They have not won a game on this uh, continent. Okay. Uh, Give me Buffalo. Uh, by a lot of points. Buffalo is favored by 14 and a half. I, they win 45 to nothing. This game is a blowout. I know that uh, they haven't been impressive as of lately. I know last week it took them a little while to get going against the Dolphins. But the Dolphins are, you know, in-division team. Dolphins kind of know what they are doing already. Like, the Dolphins know them. The Jacksonville Jaguars don't. Josh Allen, sometimes, you know, he looks at the schedule and he says, hey, look. We have the Dolphins, the Jags, and the Jets all three weeks in a row. This is going to be boring. It's almost like when Steph Curry was just playing regular season games and he knew that they were going to the playoffs and he was just screwing around. This is Josh Allen just screwing around. Look, they're going to put up points. The defense is going to be playing well. I like Buffalo to beat Jacksonville by quite amount, uh, a lot of points. So give me the Buffalo Bills to beat Jacksonville on Sunday by, I'd say, 21. 21, 28 points. I, I like that. All right, this is actually a pretty good game. Vikings at the Ravens. Uh, Kirk Cousins having some fun this year. They still have some good receivers. Defensive is, defense isn't playing too bad. Uh, Baltimore's favored by six. It's at Baltimore, at the big crab cake. So give me the Ravens to win by three points. This will be a nice, gritty showdown. Lamar's really fast. We'll see how the Vikings defense can pull it off against him. But I do like the Ravens uh, to win this game, but Vikings will keep it close. Give me Baltimore to win at home. Uh, and, yeah, Baltimore by six. I don't want to say Baltimore by three would be a better line. That might be a little high for the Vikings, but the Vikings are not a bad team. they got a good running game still, Cook and Matheson. So give me the Vikings to lose, but by a field goal. Be by a heartbreaking Minnesota loss. All right, the Chargers at the Eagles. I actually like this game a lot. Justin Herbert. Uh, has been off recently. He's not been playing his best football. Uh, L.A. is favored by one and a half against Jalen Hurts. I still believe in Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. A lot of people were calling for Gardner Minshew and calling for Jalen Hurts' head. I don't believe that's necessary. Uh, look, Eagles are three and five. They still have a pretty decent shot at making that seven seed. So, you know, they still have games against, let's see. <clears throat> let's look at the Eagles schedule real quick. They'll play Washington twice, so that's two wins right there, right? So that's five wins. Play the Giants twice still. Geez, that's seven wins. So they play the Jets. That's eight wins. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah, so, I mean, they can win eight games. They could be eight and eight, eight and nine. Yeah, so, you know, if you're Philly, you're kind of going to hang around there a little bit. This is going to be a hang-around type of team. You know, Philly is always going to give teams a hard time. The Chargers come into Philadelphia. Justin Herbert loves to get batteries thrown at his head. That's exactly what these Philly fans are going to do. It's going to be a fun thing. Uh, they're going to pelt double A's at him. We all know that Philly fans love to pelt things at the opposing quarterback, especially if the quarterback has long, flowing hair like the Prince from Shrek 2. Uh, you know, so this guy coming out of the field, uh, look, Justin Herbert, great quarterback. Like we said, though, has been playing well the past few weeks. This is the week where they finally turn it back on again. Austin Eckler's been running the football like a menace. Give me the Chargers to win by three in Philadelphia, but it'll be very close. Very close ball game. Hurts makes some plays with his ground, with, uh, on the ground with his feet. But I do like the Chargers to win this ball game. Very close, though. Very close in Philadelphia. All right, this is the match of State Farm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing, like we said earlier, but he will uh, be in COVID somewhere, COVID protocol. But Patty Mahomes will be playing. And I think right now the Kansas City line is 7.5. That is way too high. I like Kansas City to win by 3. Maybe this is the week Kansas City starts to kind of figure it out. They're at home against a Packer team that without Aaron Rodgers would probably not be very good. I don't think Jordan Love can just step in there. Even if Devontae Adams does come back this week, come in there, win that ball game. At Harrowhead, such a loud crowd. I think Jordan Love is not ready for that type of atmosphere. Give me Kansas City to win at home by three. It's a pure atmospheric thing. I don't know if Kansas City plays good football. Their defense is still very tragic, even with the addition of Melvin Ingram on the trade deadline. But give me Kansas City to win anyway. Patrick Mahomes plays enough, uh, well enough, makes enough good plays maybe to arch them to a win. He's been throwing a lot of interceptions, turning the ball over a lot. But give me... Uh, Give me Kansas City to win, but close by three points. All right, Cardinals at the Niners. Niners, yet again, one of those teams trying to get seven spot. We all know. But Cardinals, seven and one, trying to come back after a heartbreaking loss on Thursday night to Aaron. I don't get vaccinated. Rodgers. San Francisco is favored by one and a half. I like the Cardinals to win by three points. This is a classic NFC West field goal game. This game going to overtime. This game will bleed into Sunday night football. It's one of those games. Uh, yeah, so interesting, though. Chargers-Eagles is at 4.05. And then Packers-Chiefs, Cardinals-Niners, both at 4.25. So we get three 4 o'clock games this week. Uh, very interesting. So, yeah, I think the Cardinals win that one by three. I think Kyler makes a lot of good plays uh, this week. Rondell uh, could get into the action a little bit more. Receiving the football. He had a bad drop last week. I like to see him come back, do some good things. But, I, yeah, I like them to beat the, the Niners. But pretty close game, though. I think Jimmy G makes some plays, too. That's not a bad squad. Give me the Cardinals. Yeah, but I think that's a good line. One and a half. It's almost a pick em on that. So, I, I like the Cardinals to win. Yeah, it's a, that's a really good line by Vegas, I think. All right, Titans and Rams. Super Bowl matchup. Uh, back from 99, you know, the oh, almost made it in that game, you know. Reached the ball, couldn't get into the <laughs> the end zone. It's kind of funny. Titans losing the Super Bowl. Great stuff. All right, 820 NBC. The Rams are favored by seven. I think that is actually a really good line. I think uh, the Rams win by 14 points. I think without Derrick Henry, that offense will become lost. 
uh, lost out in sea. It'll be like Gilligan's Island out there for them. I don't think they're going to know what to do, really. I'll be interested to see if how t- Ryan Tannehill responds without Derrick Henry and without that passing game and the play action being available at all times for him. I like the Rams to win by 14 points. I think this game will be close for a little bit, but I think the Rams at home at SoFi, too powerful. The offense is too good. Matthew Stafford swinging around. I like it. I like his team to win. I like their offense. I like Henderson. Give me the Rams to beat the Titans. All right, then Monday night, we have the Bears at Heinz Field to take on the Steelers. Monday night ESPN. Pittsburgh's favored by 6.5. I think it's very, very, very high. I think Justin Fields makes some great throws, great plays. But I think in the end, the Pittsburgh Steelers at home win by three points. Very close ball game, though. It'll be one of those heartbreakers for the Bears. But I think the Steelers have been playing just well enough to be winning some of these games. Najee Harris is the difference running the football. I don't think the Bears can stop him. Give me Chicago to lose to the Steelers by three points at Heinz Field. So I like the Steelers. I like the Rams. I like the Cardinals. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chargers. I like the Ravens. I like the Bills. I like the Panthers. I like the Raiders. I like the Saints. I like the Texans. I like the Cowboys. And I like the Bengals. On Sunday and Monday. So yeah. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, Also, before I go, I would like to also talk about the first and ten. Go ahead and listen to them. Patrick Feltz, Reed Murray every week talking about the Big Ten football season every week. Previewing games, picking games. Go listen to them. A lot of fun material they're doing this year. And... uh, They've been doing great, really f- some fun stuff in the Big Ten football-wise, and glad to kind of follow them and listen to them. And then I also wanted to uh, congratulate some people here on the show because I know he listens, and I know she listens, so I want to uh, shout-out to them. Hannah Bunch, Jay Beto, just got engaged last week. Um, Jay Beto is, is my cousin that I've known for such a long time, pretty much ever since I've been born. Uh, he's been one of my best friends. He's been a great mentor to me. Um, he's, he's one of the best people I know. And when he got together with Hannah, you know, 25 years ago, uh, it, it seems that way. But uh, when, when they got together, um, I, knew, I knew it was something special. Because those two, uh, Jay got on Hannah's nerves, and Hannah just put up with it. And, you know, if you can... Stand up to Jay and his shenanigans, you know, you, you know you can last a while with him. So, you know, I know she's had to put up with a lot, but uh, those two are so fun together. And he he's such a great guy, and they, they make such a good couple, and they're finally engaged. So I want to congratulate them, because I know, I don't know if Hannah listens to this show, but I know Jay does. So, Jay, I want to congratulate you, man. You are the best, and uh, uh, I hope for such success for you guys in the future. But, uh, guys, thank you for listening so much. You can listen on Spotify, Apple, wherever podcasts are laid and listened to. You can watch, listen. Uh, and I'm thinking about maybe possibly going to YouTube here in a little while, but we'll see. But uh, still got some big shows coming up. Looking for some new guests. So, uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. And have a good rest of your football weekend. <laughs>